Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicularist. Today within the Liberal Cube is Move Over Movie Monday. Movie Monday. In which we discuss meaning I discuss, and you listen, you guessed it, movies. Specifically, movies that I enjoyed, or sometimes perhaps did not enjoy, over the weekend. I say over the weekend mostly just because I don't, uh, as a sort of general rule, watch, uh, watch movies during the week. It's more of a weekend thing for me. That being said, today I have brought back seven movies, uh, perhaps six and a half I think might be more accurate. Uh, two things I want to do at the beginning of every show. One thing I usually don't forget is to say that there will be spoilers, most likely. Chance of spoilers, uh, 80 to 90 percent. The other thing that I mean to do, and usually forget, is to say that if you are a fan of the podcast and have listened to some and continue to do so and enjoy it, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps you uh, pass her on to a friend. Because uh, as I understand it, that is how podcasts get spread, like a virus. So what you're going to want to do is have sex with your friend, and then while having sex, say, hey, have you heard about this new podcast? I think you might like it. Uh, okay, today's sponsor is Mr. Popper's Jalapeno Ice Pepper Poppers. Once again, today's sponsor is Mr. Popper's Jalapeno Ice Pepper Poppers. How's that? Movie the first and second. Why would I say that when I normally don't say that? Because uh, the first movie is Batman Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. This was a movie that was broken up into two parts, sort of a la, uh, I think Kill Bill is your prime example there. Uh, because I guess one part would have been too long. And uh, they make lots more money doing it this way. So, you greedy bastards, why couldn't you put this into one movie? I am, of course, not making any money doing this, so decided to put them both in one podcast. And one review, no less. Uh, speaking of review, let's shoot that out into your ear holes right away. No hesitation whatsoever. Five out of five. Awesome set of movies. Uh, they came out at least a couple of months apart, forget exactly how long, but I sort of made the decision when I saw the first one that I was not going to watch it, and so they were both available, and then watch them one after the other, 
which is what I recommend you do too. So, back, Batman Dark Knight Returns Part 1 has, uh, sort of focuses on Batman's um, Okay, you, you know what? Uh, yeah. Batman in these uh, movies is old. Yeah. Which is, uh, is kind of a first. There was a TV show, uh, which I actually have on DVD, called Batman Beyond, in which uh, Bruce Wayne was uh, super old, like 80, 80 years old, and then had trained a young Batman to sort of take over for him. I forget what his name was. Anyways, uh, this is, I guess you would say, before that would happen. He's got to be probably in his 50s, but he is still in pretty uh, prime physical condition, as you can imagine the Batman would be as a 50-year-old dude. He has seen the sort of slow deterioration of Gotham City since his retirement and um, is having trouble letting go. He's sort of haunted by his past as Batman, and uh, things keep keep pulling him back in. Specifically in the first movie is a gang, led uh, a gang called the Mutants, led by this giant friggin' guy, which I can't remember what his name was. He is not a character that you will probably have heard of. Maybe he's from the comic books, I don't know. But uh, he's basically... He kind of looks a little bit like Killer Croc, except he's not a crocodile. <laughs> he's just like a giant, hulking beast guy. Um, and he's kind of gray in color. And then his gang uh, is all sort of gray in color as well, like gray skin, and like have spikes coming out of them and stuff. Like, uh, when I say spikes, I mean like surgically implanted spikes, which uh, I, I've seen you can do now. Basically... <laughs> I think it's like they put like a little snap uh, on your head or wherever you're getting it done, usually on your head, and then you just snap in the spike. So that's pretty crazy, and it was pretty crazy here. Uh, Batman decides to basically come out of retirement. He perhaps, he's not in his prime, obviously. However, um, what he sort of lost in speed and strength he's probably made up for in wisdom and experience. So, there's that. He fights this giant mutant guy once and loses pretty badly. He decides it's because he sort of went down to his level uh, and just fought like a, like a savage beast, whereas he needs to fight with his brain. Uh, as soon as he figures that out, he beats him. Handily? No. Not, not handily, but he does beat him. Uh, also in this first movie is Two-Face, uh, Mr. Harvey Dent. He uh, doesn't have a huge role. He's just kind of there to, I think, remind uh, Batman of his past and things he has faced and how he is sort of two different people like Two-Face is. So that was good. Also in this first movie is Joker, however... He is in, like, a mental institution in a sort of catatonic state, um, just not responding to any stimuli whatsoever. However, how 
goddamn ever. Uh, in the second movie, uh, as you can imagine, the news in Gotham City is going nuts with the news that Batman is back. So he's sitting in his mental ward, and the news keeps mentioning Batman. And every time it does, you'll get a little twitch out of him. Uh, and it'll keep talking. And then eventually, it'll twitch a little more, and his eyes sort of come alive. And he gets up out of his chair for the first time in decades. And, as you can imagine, with the Joker, he friggin' causes serious shit. Serious shit. He is up to his old tricks again, and they're not nice ones, either. Um, this is a very dark uh, version of Batman in that there are multiple deaths and killings, including Joker killing uh, an entire audience of people watching a taping of a late-night talk show. A late-night talk show, I should mention, that was hosted, uh, or the voice was done by Mr. Conan O'Brien. So, I like that. As this is sort of all going on, uh, the fact that Batman is back is uh, upsetting to the government for some reason. Apparently this is in a universe in which, and I think this was in the Justice League uh, as well, in which superheroes sort of took a vow not to uh, interfere with the world. So the fact that Batman's bat is upsetting to the government. So what do they do? What? do they do? They send in long pause there, they send in goddamn Superman to stop Batman. Batman, uh, sort of the last straw, was the fact that ugh again, long pause, even though I don't have time, but it needs this drama. Batman killed the Joker. Killed him. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of Batman, you know that that does not happen. So it was pretty crazy. Um, so, this, uh, this second movie, uh, a lot of the focus uh, was on that sort of classic question, who would win in a fight, Superman or Batman? Awesome. That fight, that series of events, for me, gets a 6 out of 5, uh, was amazing. Uh, do I want to give it away? Yes, I do, so I will. Um, Batman wins. <laughs> Basically. There are some uh, circumstances there that um, that are very, very, very interesting. Uh, and I highly recommend, if you are a Batman fan whatsoever, you watch this movie. Uh, I will want to say... For my, uh, for my Batman versus Superman opinion, I think Batman would win if he uh, knew the fight was going to happen, as he did in this case. Uh, however, if he did not, and it's like he was just sitting around his house as Bruce Wayne and Superman came flying in, then no. So there's circumstances either way where, where it could go either way. But I think uh, the preparedness and the knowledge the, the pre-knowledge of the fight uh, means Batman would win. Okay? <laughs> Spent a lot of time on uh, those two one-and-a-half movies. Better speed through these other ones. Uh, the next one is Dread. As in Judge Dread, 
Uh, I did see the original movie way back when with Mr. Sylvester Stallone, and uh, don't really remember it too much, other than, you know, it was an action movie that I didn't hate. Uh, and I'm going to throw this into that category as well. We'll give it a 3 to 5, which is enjoyed while watching, but would not watch again. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Judge Dredd, it is based on a comic book in which there is a sort of megacity, uh, as they described it in this. It's a city that is sprawling from Boston to Washington, and just the whole thing is city because sort of, I guess, the rest of the states is sort of a, a radioactive wasteland, I guess, is sort of the story. A little post-apocalyptic stuff in there, which I really, uh, really like. In the comic books I know, Judge Dredd uh, never takes his mask off, his uh, helmet off, I mean, which in the Sylvester Slow movie, he had it off for basically the whole movie. However, in this movie, he had it on for basically the whole movie. So that was nice that they stayed a little closer to the comic books. Uh, on the other hand, I don't know what this actor looks like now who played him, so probably not good for him. Uh, the story is that um, Judge Dredd and this rookie girl, of course there's got to be a girl in it, uh, the rookie is a mutant, uh, psycho, um, not psycho, a psychic, <laughs> I mean to say, a psychically powered mutant. So uh, that was a cool little twist. I don't know if that happens in the comic books. Uh, they go to this building. Buildings within this mega city are more sort of not just buildings, but like uh, blocks, uh, I think is how they describe them. And what does that mean? That means that you'll go into a building and it will be uh, like within the building is a city block that has, you know, apartments and shopping and. It's almost like its own self-contained little city within these buildings. So uh, that's a cool sort of futuristic idea there. His uh, Judge Dredd's gun has, has always been a really cool gun as far as guns go, so I wanted to throw that out. It's got all sorts of special abilities and bullets and shit like that. So I like that. Um, they go in to pick somebody up. Uh, just sort of no big deal, but it turns out that within this block is a gang that is manufacturing this drug, this drug that has a cool ability to uh, make it feel like time has slowed down to 1% of normal. Uh, so as you can imagine, that had some, some cool effects during the movie when that drug was sort of in play. And uh, the building became sort of in lockdown when... Um, the manufacturers of this drug realized there was two judges in the building. So the whole movie, basically, was a cool idea, I think, that um, the, the gang members locked down this building so no one could come in or out and said to every member of, or everyone in this building that, uh, that these two judges are within and please go kill them. Uh, I won't give anything away as far as if they died or not, because <laughs> that's dumb. Uh, let's move on to movie the third. Gonna get this last one in before he gets to work. 
It is Paranormal Activity 4. Really chugging along with these paranormal activities. The uh, Mrs. and I watched them. I think I've mentioned in past episodes that she's a huge, huge fan of horror movies. So uh, whenever one of these have come along, we've watched it. First one I remember being scary, and then as quite often happens, uh, as the series progresses, they are sort of less and less scary. This one had some definitely cool moments. Uh, I, I decided, or more more accurately, I figured out what uh, this movie does well. Uh, it's sort of, I think, a new creation in horror movies is that only this movie does, I think, and maybe you can correct me to the email address provided in the closing credits if this is incorrect. Uh, what they do is they'll have sort of a still camera, a camera that is filming a room, uh, a bedroom, say. And the camera won't be moving, and basically nothing will be happening uh, within the room, and the camera will just be filming it. Something that they do and do well is they'll just do that. <laughs> Nothing will be happening, and they'll film it. And sometimes it will go on for what you, the viewer, will think of as too long, uh, which I think on their part is smart, because you get sort of, I think, lulled into a false sense of security, thinking, well, they're just filming this room, nothing's going to happen, and then something will happen, <laughs> and it'll be a holy shit moment. More of a... Uh, most of the, the scares in this movie, I think, are more of the jump-out-at-you kind, which uh, I kind of usually consider cheap, cheap scares. But some of them, like when uh, they're filming these, these sort of... Uh, you could almost consider it like a static shot of a room. Some of those moments are, are pretty, uh, pretty freaky-deaky. So I did get my uh, my scare on a little bit. Okay, uh, let's. I'll do the other uh, the other movies on the drive home. Uh, get in a little, a uh, very little before I get to work. Podcast business or business, depending on how you like to say it. Uh, if you looked at looked or listened to the last uh, episode, I did a mega episode in which I combined four episodes in one. Hope you listen to that because obviously it's four times the work, <laughs> basically. Uh, the reason I did that is because I had technical issues all last week where I could not get the podcast from my phone to my computer to edit them. Uh, technically, I still have not fixed that problem, but I have developed a sort of workaround in which I uh, record the podcast, compress them, email them to myself, and then download them onto my uh, home computer. Uh, I did a little test run last week, and it seemed to work. So, uh, I'm going to try it again and cross my fingers. All right, I am at work. I will be back after eight hours of said work. It is nice to be nice. The nice. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 
Bishop. Back, we are back, back in action. Hello again. Well, that was eight hours of work, and uh, we'll, we'll mark it in the not too bad category. Just right in the sweet spot of uh, busy, but not crazy busy. My back's been paining me a bit, so I didn't want to come in and have a super crazy busy day, and I did not. Just enough to keep me busy. Uh, you know what I mean. You out there who are workers, I assume you know what I mean, and I assume that you are workers. Perhaps you are uh, multi-billionaires who have taken your vast quantities of uh, wealth and do not work because you've bought an island. If that is the case, um, give me some money, please. So we did one, two, we did four. Oh, you know what? I did it. I did it the opposite way of what I normally do. Normally, when I have seven movies, I will do three on the way in and four on the way home. However, uh, apparently, for some unknown reason, I uh, did it backwards. I did not mean to do that. I just uh, apparently this morning. I did not have the ability to count. Long comedic pause there to really, really drive in the comedies. Uh, okay, you know what? With that in mind, let's do something we haven't done in a while. We'll play the QQQQ 107 radio roulette. See if we get a song here. say my throat was thunderstruck, perhaps. So, uh, we will mark that down in the win column. Got a song today instead of just Gavin. Perhaps shouldn't say it like that, as you are, um, listening to just Gavin right now, as in me talking. Movie the fifth little, uh, film, and I think this falls uh, more into the film category as opposed to a movie, uh, called Robot and Frank. It is a drama. I enjoy a good drama. It is, uh, this comes up, I don't know if it comes up every movie Monday here within the Liberal Cube, but some movies you watch on a Sunday, and it's kind of that Sunday movie vibe. This very strongly uh, falls into that category. Quite often with movies such as this, I will do what I'm about to do, which is give it a 4 out of 5 if you watch it on a Sunday, and a 3 out of 5 if you watch it on any other day. Actually, you know what? I think I'll go maybe, if you watch this movie on a Sunday, I'm going to strike that. I'm going to strike that. Just kind of thinking out, out loud here. If you watch this movie on a Sunday, it's a 5 out of if you watch it on any other day, it's a 4 out of 5. How about that? That is a, I think, 
if I do recall, that is a movie Monday first, in that I have rated a movie and then immediately changed my mind upon saying it. Uh, so you were here to witness this historic event. Congratulations! I don't think I gave Paranormal Activity a rating or Dread. Dread will go three. Paranormal Activity will go three. Okay, that was easy. Okay, back to. Robot and Frank. Robot and Frank, a drama starring an uh, older gentleman. Did not write down the actor's name. Forgot to do that. Oh, shit. Uh, he is familiar looking. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Anyways, uh, that... This is a perfect... A perfect time to bring up the old website IMDB, or Invid the Internet Movie Map Database, uh, and you can see who is in this movie. Uh, people such as Liv Tyler, who plays his daughter, such as Susan Sarandon, who I'm a huge fan of, who plays his, uh, I guess you would say his romantic interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, he's a... Uh, elderly guy in his sort of declining years and is living alone. Has uh, what I guess you assume, although it's never said straight out, um, the sort of onset of Alzheimer's in that he's kind of losing his memory a bit and gets confused. And uh, it's kind of a, kind of, it, it is a sort of sad state of affairs developing. Um, this movie. Uh, with what I will say next will be obvious, takes place in the future. The, the one of those, I think, actually, now that I say that, I think it says right at the beginning of the movie, in the not-so-distant future. Am I misremembering that? I may be. In the not-so-distant future, we know this because, A, I think it says it at the beginning, and B, he uh, gets a robot. A... I guess if you had to categorize it as sort of a healthcare robot, although it's it's more than that in that it, it talks, it walks, it's definitely more advanced than anything that is currently uh, in production. looks kind of like that robot uh, developed by Honda, Honda, Mazda, one of those car companies developed a robot that... Uh, it's pretty impressive and it's sort of one step in the chain to having a much more humanoid robot Uh, this robot would be a further step in the chain it can, you know, make your dinner Uh, it does a friggin goddamn good job of that, let me tell you not that I tasted the food, but it looked pretty good (laughs) can tell you, you know, in in the case of Frank, it's a, it's kind of ends up developing a friendship with him. Frank, I should say, in his uh, earlier days, in his youth, was a was a thief, a cat burglar, uh, safe cracker, uh, criminal of the thieving persuasion. I don't want to give too much away because I hope you will watch this. It is available on Canadian Netflix. Uh, let's just say that he sort of gets um, the robot to help him with 
sort of breaking back into this vidness. And it's uh, it's funny, it's sad, heartwarming, really a, a very, very good movie. Highly recommend you watch it. Uh, one of those movies that I never heard anything about, uh, kind of slipped under the radar, I think, with a lot of people. But uh, now that it's out there, readily available for you, uh, highly, highly recommend. Movie The Sixth. Movie The Sixth. Movie The Sixth. Called Silent House. Silent House. Um, this was a movie that the missus asked me to get. <sighs> then I did get for her because, of course, I immediately do whatever I am told. And then she said, oh, she heard it was uh, filmed with, like a, like, a hand camcorder. And those kind of movies make her sick, she says. So didn't want to watch it. Huh. See what I'm dealing with? You know what? One bonus of the Mrs. Not listening to these episodes, at least I don't think she does, is that I can uh, say things like that about her, that she makes me buy her things and then doesn't and then doesn't um, use them. What the hell, eh? Jeez. Jeez, Lois. Uh, the movie sort of... Uh, <laughs> I think she would have liked it more than I did, actually. Uh, sort of standard horror fare. There was a bit of a twist at the end, which I won't give away. Um, it is a girl who... Um, let's see if I can just briefly tell you what the, the, the horror stuff is about. A uh, girl who, which with her uh, father and uncle, are uh, moving out of one of their summer homes, moving out of their summer home, and are terrorized by, by uh, people, by things, perhaps, perhaps terrorized by um, their very thoughts. I don't think that's giving too much away. Uh, although, <laughs> that being said, uh, I don't know if I'd go out of my way to watch this movie. It did have, I will admit, a cool little twist at the end that I did not see coming. Um, talked about in Movie Mondays, I think, in particular, that when watching a movie, if... Uh, Usually, especially when I'm with the messes, I will make a prediction. I'll do it, you know, when I'm with myself, in my in my head. Uh, I'll usually make a prediction of what I think is going to happen. And uh, when I'm right, there's, you know, the, the, the sense of, um, well, being right. <laughs> However, I'd much more be wrong and be surprised by um, what happens in the movie than be right. Sadly, um, it's usually, the, usually I can, probably if I had to put a ratio on it, I'd go, or put a percent on it, I'd go 70, 80% of the time when I predict what is going to happen in a movie, I'm usually right. It's that other uh, 30, 20% of the time when I'm totally blown away that I really love my favorite example that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. 
I guess it'd fit into the horror movie category as well, by Mr. Uh, I don't know if it was written by, but directed, produced by Mr. Joss Wheat, who uh, ever since Avengers, I think is going to get a lot more props, which he so richly deserves. Anyways, that movie had a crazy ending that I never could have predicted. Probably one of the reasons that is, uh, I think it might have been my favorite movie of 2012. Or, I don't know if it came out in 2012, but I watched it last year. Just awesome. That movie, 5 out of 5. Some 6 out of 5 moments. This movie... Although the whole movie... Uh, the movie as a whole, two out of five. However, the ending kind of brings it up to a three. So, yeah. I don't give half marks, but I do sometimes do things like that. Movie as a whole, two. Um, ending, three. Okay, and the last. Film. Again, I think it's kind of in that film. Sunday movie category is one called Puffy Chair. Puffy Chair. This is also available on Canadian Netflix. It uh, also is your Sunday movie fair in that it's a drama. Yeah, definitely go in the, in the drama independent category. Uh, independent film uh, also available on Canadian Netflix it is about a guy <laughs> I like to start vague like that it's about a guy who uh, sees purchases online a puffy chair a chair uh, exactly like one his father had when he was a boy that somehow over the years, I guess, got sold or lost or what have you. So he purchases it and sets out on a journey um, across many, many miles, takes place in the States, to pick up this chair. He is accompanied by his girlfriend and eventually uh, by his brother. And basically, that's it. That, that's your story. It's the things that happened uh, along this journey that the movie is about. Things like, well, him and his girlfriend do not get along very well. Been some tension about how she thinks um, they are maybe just wasting their time uh, and never going to get married. He thinks... He is kind of not ready for marriage because he feels that he should know as if sort of uh, struck by a lightning bolt whether or not he should get married or not. It should just hit him. Uh, it should be almost as if the decision is totally taken away and he has no choice but to propose marriage rather than a sort of slow, gradual um, buildup of the relationship to the possibility of marriage, if that makes sense to you. Uh, him and his brother, who are two very different people, uh, sort of come to brotherly love, I guess, in the end, is one way to look at it. His brother, along the way, uh, meets and falls in love and gets married 
although not technically married, to a girl in the matter of uh, probably eight hours, that falls apart. One thing I will give away is that we'll give away kind of the ending. Yeah, why, why not? Um, he and his girlfriend at the end of the movie sort of come to the realization that their relationship is really just not going to go anywhere and uh, split company. Part ways. Um, various other things that mean leave the, the relationship and one another. So that was uh, a surprise. You know what? Um, that kind of makes me just sort of realize something that uh, I just mentioned how I like the surprise ending, the, the ending that uh, I did not predict. I did not predict this would happen. I thought it would be the sort of they all lived happily ever after. What I'm thinking is that I also quite often in fact, a lot of the time, uh, very, very, very much enjoy, for some strange reason, the unhappy ending. <laughs> uh, on that note, um, Cabin in the Woods was not a happy ending, and I friggin' loved it. One of my favorite endings of a movie. So I love the unhappy ending, and I love the surprise ending, and I think if you put them both together, it kind of makes sense, because... Uh, the unhappy ending is quite often not what you are expecting, right? Right. That is a good way to end this podcast, talking about endings. Is it expected to, uh, on a podcast, at the end of it, to talk about endings of movies? No. Which leads me to believe... You are happy with this ending. I am happy with you for listening to this. And folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.